Hello and welcome. Thank you for listening to Your Neighbor, a Priest, a new and hopefully not superfluous podcast featuring commentary and theological reflection on local news and events in Southwest Washington and the larger themes that impact all of us as we wrestle with the challenges of life, and in particular American life, in the 21st century. I'm Father Nick Mather, Rector of St. Stephen's Episcopal Church, Longview, Washington. about me, your neighbor, a priest in the Episcopal Church. I was born and raised in Moses Lake, Washington, and I grew up in the Episcopal Church, which is part of the Global Anglican Communion, founded during the English Reformation through the work of Thomas Cranmer and some political actions that were taken by King Henry VIII. In current cultural context, where the church that is currently led by the preacher from the royal wedding our very own presiding bishop, Michael Curry. I moved to Longview from Spokane in August of 2018 to accept the call to serve as rector, or lead pastor, at St. Stephen's Episcopal Church, which is located in the Old West Side on the corner of 22nd and Louisiana. And today, March 2nd, we celebrate 90 years worshiping at that location. Since moving to Longview, I have gotten involved in a number of local activities, including serving as a co-director of the KLMA, or Kelso Longview Ministerial Association, Severe Weather Shelter, serving as a community representative with the Longview Public School District Strategic Review Committee, and serving as a founding board member of the Lower Columbia Interfaith Community. My interests outside of the church include the Seattle Sounders and soccer in general, experiencing live music, science fiction film, television, and books, and playing with my two children, who are three years old and 18 months. So what is the purpose of this podcast? What am I adding to the conversations that we have daily with each other, with our neighbors? The hope with this podcast is to offer a progressive Christian perspective on the issues that are facing our immediate community here in Southwest Washington, which often are issues being faced by our larger culture as a whole. And what do I mean by progressive Christian perspective? Well, I think it's safe to say that Christianity has become a politicized term in our current American society. And too often, that politicization is attributed to only one understanding of what it means to be a Christian, often referred to in the media as the conservative Christian or Christian right voice. But that's not the only voice that exists in Christendom. And while I would not consider myself to necessarily be theologically liberal, at least in terms of orthodoxy, I am a priest in a Trinitarian professing and sacramental practicing tradition after all, and my understanding of being a follower of Christ, a follower of the way of love, I advocate and fight for radical inclusion, affirmation, and the dignity and respect of every person whether they are experiencing homelessness or are housed, for example, or whether they're single or married or partnered or divorced. Perhaps they're LGBTQ+, or any other label our society uses to other those who, in my understanding, only need one label, my siblings and Christ. It's my hope to bring this different and perhaps new-to-you perspective to our conversation and discourse both locally and in the larger cultural arena. 
And in naming that, I also have to note that I am a straight white male, and from that privileged background and perspective, I often miss nuances that exist in the conversations that we need to be having. Thus, my hope is that, when appropriate, this podcast will be used to bring in a diverse set of guests that balance the conversations that we need to have. This brings me now to the main topic of conversation for today's inaugural episode of this podcast, and an issue that is at the forefront of our community and the nation, homelessness and the Christian response. I'd like to welcome my guest, Pastor Liz Carney, co-pastor of Longview Presbyterian and co-director of the KLMA Severe Weather Shelter. Welcome, Pastor Liz. Thanks for having me. As the issue of how to address the needs of those experiencing homelessness has evolved over time, we've been forced in a way to come face to face with it, even quite literally here in Longview, when a large encampment developed around our city hall last fall and early winter. So Liz, what was your response to seeing this particular development here in Longview? I would say my initial response was filled with a lot of rage, if I'm really honest. Uh, I realized at some point that, you know, I had a lot of rage towards people in leadership in the city, people that I wanted to be doing things differently, and eventually I realized somewhere down the road that I actually was experiencing some rage towards myself, feeling kind of helpless. What do I do? It feels so enormous, and it feels easier to point the finger at somebody who's in charge than to think about what am I doing? Um... So I think that for me has been one of my first responses is dealing with the rage and figuring out what to do with that and sorting through that for myself. Um, and then I think one of the second answers that I would give is community, which is a noun, not a verb, <laughs> not some, not a response that I did, but I, I tried to gather around some buddies, people like you, people like the other people who've been involved in some of the work that we've been doing together to have these conversations in community. Um, that really helped with, it actually, it helped with the rage, right? It gave me a place to put it and put it in conversation and relationship. And I think the relationship in that community really helped transform that rage into something different, something that could actually take us somewhere. Um, so I've been grateful for the community and it's probably the part of my response that I'm most grateful for because I think it's it's led us to somewhere that I'm excited to be and it's because we've done it together. So I really appreciate that sense of community that you're talking about and I, and I think that kind of tees up maybe your answer for my next question I have for you today is is how should Christians or followers of Christ be responding to this issue in particular of homelessness? I think we should be responding together which again is a little prediction from my last response. Um, I think what can happen in the age of social media especially is that even though we're talking about all these things online so often, it somehow still feels isolating because it's still, at least in my experience, feels like you're stuck in an echo chamber where you only hear people who agree with you or you're only able to point the finger at the people who are abhorrent to you in their views. Um, and so I think real relationships and, and getting yourself into communities where you can have some of these hard conversations uh, is a really critical piece of the work that we're doing together. 
so in that in that sense of community and uh, the being present with one another, I think um, that you're getting at. What are some concrete um, tenets or principles that we that people should hold on to or, or should take to heart when they're considering this issue of homelessness? One thing I would say is that actually showing up is about half the battle. I will say that that has been transformative for me as I've gotten involved um, in addressing homelessness with other people in my community is what has happened when people physically show up together when we're invited to come together to do something. Um, that seems very simple, but again, in an age where so much is happening online or virtually, there is something about physically showing up together and doing the work together and being on the road together that allows for the rest of that transformative process to happen. Um, and what do you find when you show up? I find that it's messy. It's often messy. And I also find that those are where moments of real connection can happen with someone who I maybe wasn't expecting to connect with whether it's another colleague who I'm very different from politically or theologically, whether it's someone coming into the shelter we've been operating who I've never had a conversation with before and may not have had a conversation with outside of this setting. I'm able to have those in-person moments that don't have a script. And I think often we're handed a script by the political machine that is our country right now of these are the conversations that you will have if it's between these two kinds of people. But what can actually happen when you show up in person for those conversations is that surprising things happen. Uh, it's one of the reasons that I follow Jesus because I find that on the pathway, I am surprised by the moments of resurrection that happen where I might only be expecting death and despair. <laughs> um, so I think showing up sounds very simple, but I think it's half of it. So one of the ways that our local Christian churches through the Kelso Longview Ministerial Association have shown up together around this issue of homelessness has been the development and pretty successful, at least for where I'm sitting, <laughs> operation of a severe weather shelter this past winter. Mm -hmm. Can you share what led the churches to make this leap of faith and enter into this ministry field? Last spring, in the wake of our city and county making the decision to withhold funding from the shelter that was in operation. A group of us, you and I included, uh, were pretty angry that that had happened. Uh, it ha I remember because we were together on Ash Wednesday doing Ashes to Go at the local college, and I remember that that was the day that shelter had to shut down. Uh, what a day to contemplate your own mortality. Um, and so I remember later in the spring, some of us were considering drafting a statement that we could put in the local paper to express to our leaders that this wasn't okay with us, that we wanted something different from our leadership, that as Christians, we felt compelled to stand with people who are on the margins, and we felt that it was our leader's responsibility to also stand with us. So in that process, we were having conversations with people uh, across the political and theological spectrum from our community. 
And it was not comfortable at the time because I, I remember there being some pushback about the idea of putting the statement in the paper. But in that conversation, um, at least for me, and I remember a conversation that you and I had with some others who were involved where we started to ask, Why don't, what if we stepped back from trying to get everybody to sign on to this statement? And what if we um, put some energy into having a conversation of how we could get skin in the game with cold weather sheltering? And that is what started in my, from where I'm sitting, this whole process of coming up with something together. Um, and I think I'm not going to denigrate the rage that we had because I think that that led us somewhere to get some, uh, some energy around this that we might not have gotten otherwise. However, the fact that we were able to stay in relationship with people who thought differently than we did but saw this need and also felt convicted because they also follow Jesus. I think that is what allowed us to um, have these kinds of transformative conversations where new things started happening that hadn't happened before, where we got a lot of collaboration from so many different people um, and organizations and congregations and pastors. Um, so again, it happened in community, which seems to be one of the themes coming out of this conversation. One of the things I want to touch on as we talk is you, you keep bringing up the sense of, of anger and emotion that was around uh, these conversations. And I, I want to hold that up, that sense of um, what some may have called a, a righteous anger, um, but the reality that we all experience emotions. Um, and how, how should we as Christians embrace our emotions and listen to our emotions uh, with the understanding that we're still called to do God's work? I think one of the, the reasons, again, that I call myself a Christian and that I still keep going back to the Bible is that there's so much space for every emotion I could possibly think of in the pages of Scripture. You cannot read the Psalms without dealing with lament and rage. Sometimes rage at God, often rage at God, rage at one's enemies. Um, so you have everything from rage all the way to just sheer ecstatic joy. Everything in between, deep sadness, grief. Um, and so I think, again, I think the, the church as a whole and our tradition that we are, have inherited in scripture of the community of faith is that every emotion has a space in the family of God. And there's no emotion that God cannot handle from us, and there's no emotion that this community can't hold together. Um, and I don't really know a lot of things like that in our world right now that make that kind of space for every feeling to belong. Um, but I think since we're made in the image of God, there's something to that of deeply feeling those things, expressing them in the context of community so that we can know that God is with us in all of those feelings, whatever they are. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think it's Im important to, to hold up our emotions and to give in to our emotions mm -hmm. um, when they can create positive change in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the story that I was just, that we were just sharing together of, the rage that led to 
a step back and reflect and reflective a reflection and reflective moment together and then to engaging and work together I think is a great example that those emotions are they can be useful too they don't have to be but sometimes they are and I think in the context of Christian community that is where they get transformed into something beautiful so as we continue to deal with uh, this issue of, of people experiencing homelessness and uh, people being chronically unhoused in our community in particular, what do you see as the future of ministry with those who are experiencing homelessness and also with those who are trying to tackle this problem? That's a difficult question. I think it's very uncharted right now. I've said multiple times while we've been doing this work together that it feels like we're building a boat while we're in the water of a very overwhelming storm. But I think that's where that theme of showing up happens again. It is uncharted. It's not mapped. Seminary didn't prepare me for this. However, once you get in the water and you're with your people, there is a lot of fun in building the boat together, even in that kind of chaos. And so I think that's where ministry happens is in I think it's Brene Brown, author and speaker, who talks about getting in the arena, people having a moment where they choose to go from being a spectator to getting inside the arena and actually having skin in the game. And I don't think we truly know what can be possible until all of us make a decision uh, to do that. And I think in addressing homelessness, I think that's definitely the case. It's been the case for me. I think it's been the case for a lot of us who've been involved in the sheltering work. I'm not the same person I was when we started this whole process a year ago. So um, I think getting into the arena, finding people to build your boat with, and showing up is where the transformation can begin to happen. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Liz, for joining me today, and thank you for... Thank you. This is so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank Pastor Liz Carney again for joining me for this inaugural podcast episode and for the fruitful conversation around homelessness that we've had today. I think that this conversation that we've had around homelessness in the Christian response could fill an entire season of a podcast, let alone the few minutes we were able to give it here today. But it is important to begin these conversations nonetheless, and I encourage you to have these same conversations with your friends, family, pastors, and neighbors. That is what we really are to each other, neighbors. And Jesus is pretty clear about our call to how we are supposed to treat our neighbors with love. And not just human love, but the love of God that surpasses all understanding. The love of God that is unconditional, unbounded, remarkable, and mundane all at the same time. It is a love that defies expectations and is ever-present within our grasp if we simply accept it. This is the love that we are called to share with all of our neighbors, regardless of status or label. This is the love that I hope to share with you as your neighbor, a priest. On our next episode, premiering April 6th, we will discuss the topic of resurrection as we enter into Holy Week and prepare for that glorious resurrection of Christ on Easter Sunday. And together we will ask the question, where do we see resurrection in our lives today? New episodes of Your Neighbor, a Priest 
will be released on the first Monday of every month. Subscribe now wherever you listen to podcasts.